So we want to welcome, open your hearts to Adrian this morning and to what the Lord will say to her through her this morning. Amen. Well, well, well. I just, oops. I just said, I've never seen that before. I said, I imagine there's a lot of things here I haven't seen before. So, <laughs> you know, I just, first of all, want to say thank you for having me and uh, allow me to come into your space. And I pray that God will use my heart to encourage you. Uh, the. Last night, I, we went home, I, we had coffee yesterday, and I, I went home and started praying in the Spirit, because I wanted to bring something fresh, but you know when you just start praying in the Spirit, you're not sure where you're going to go, and so I'm just, I was just praying, and it had nothing to do with the rain at all, but these thoughts just started to shift in my heart, said, what is the difference between a puddle and a river? And I'm like, well, a puddle has no containment, no depth. It just dries up eventually. It's a little bit wet. But a river... A river has boundaries and edges and containment to make it stronger and deeper. A river grows. A river flows. A river has life. And the Spirit of God really touched my heart and he said, there are a lot of puddles around. Just a little bit of water. He said, it's, it's like, like God told them in Jeremiah. He said, Tooth, not you guys, I'm coming to your special part. Tooth eyes, it, it's a puddle. He said, this is what he said, you've taken living water and you've hewn cisterns out of it and you've put living water in man-made containers and what you have is a form of religion, but it's not me. You have forsaken the wellspring of living water. You took water from my spring and then you contained it. And the Spirit of God told my heart, he said, this church, this move is a river. He said, it's a river. It's going somewhere. See, a river has purpose. Over time, a river can break down mountains in its path. It is a powerful, powerful force, a river with depth. And the more you go, the deeper and the wider and the stronger this river of influence will go and will grow and touch your community because God said, I didn't birth a cistern to be held by men. I didn't birth a puddle. I birthed a river. Is that all right? <laughs> I'll keep going anyway, but I'm hoping you'll say yes. He, he, 
You've got something going on here. I has been so long since I got out of a car in a parking lot and felt the presence of God before I even walked in the church. God is an amazing God. We used to sing a song, there is a river that shall never run dry because its source is the throne of God. But I want to talk to us this morning about protecting the river. Is that all right? Not controlling the river. Not manhandling the river. Not manipulating the river. But we see God sends the river of his spirit. I was reminded when I, is this too loud everybody? Okay, I get a little excited and I don't mean to be loud. So this lady here, you are so precious. She is such a precious, precious lady. You know, you just look at some people and you know they're generals of God. You know they've prayed people through. They've got on the floor and they've wept and they've cried out for God and their life hasn't been a bed of roses, but they pressed on and pushed through. And I just feel like I want to honour you today, if that's all right. Now I forgot where I was. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Somebody was listening. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, very important. See, I believe there's, well, I know there are two voices in the world today vying for our attention, are there not? Main ones, you know, where the other ones come from, yeah. See, 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober and vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to do. He can't get everybody, but he's looking. Looking to get in there somewhere. In Job 1.7, it says, where have you come from? The Lord said to Satan. From roaming the earth, he replied, walking backwards and forth in it. And then we have this awesome other voice that's roaming the earth, that's scanning the horizon. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. To show on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. God is looking for a people to show off to and through. He's looking for a people who are about his heart. Maybe they're not perfect, but they're a people after God's own heart. They'll praise him on their worst day. They'll praise him on their best day. They'll pray. They'll stop gossip. They'll stop criticism. They'll lift everybody up. They'll love people like Jesus loves people. God is looking for people to show off to and through. get too old to preach like this, you know. 
even looking for our attention. <laughs> one wants to build up. One wants to tear down. One wants to encourage. One wants to discourage. It's not hard to pick what the voice is. Well you, well, well, you know that person, you know, I just want to tell you this between us because really, you know, they're really screwed up, you know, they're bad. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> they're really bad. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know that's called a King James version of gossip. <laughs> I just want you to pray for them. You know what she did? You would never believe what she asked for prayer for. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to answer me with wisdom. <laughs> See, this is, this is what we... And I'm not spiritual enough to pick anybody out and there's a subliminal message, so nobody think anything of what I do. <laughs> I don't do hints and if I get spiritual, I fall over it, into it, and I'm into God. That's where I love to swim. I got saved and I was... Swimming in a river in a dream one night, but I was down in the under the water and just swimming and breathing, and everything felt so natural. I said, God, I, somehow, some way, I want that. I don't understand it, but I want it. See, when the last few years, We've had opportunity to be the answer for the world. But right across the world, I don't know about all the churches in Australia, but there's a whole bunch who were divided just like the world. And a divided church can't heal a divided world. It's a unified church that can bring healing to a divided world. Isn't that right? We are leaders. We're the answers today. Look in the mirror, as scary as it may seem, and go, I am God's answer. That's scary, especially first thing in the morning. <laughs> it's like, God, you don't have any other answers today? <laughs> this one's looking a bit wretched, you know. <laughs> I'm 35, you know. Of course, you, you, yeah, I lie, I know. But we are the answer, we are the standard. Should have heard the mess that went on in America. Well, you would have. Bad news travels fast. <laughs> but the church is the standard of God. And when God raises a standard, what is a standard? A standard is the gathering place where people gathered. When they blew the trumpets in the Old Testament, they all came and they gathered under their standard. And God's, God said, we are his standard that he raises in the world today for people to come under and find love and hope and help. We are the standard, not some political genius or not. <laughs> not someone that we're passionate about casting out. I I'm talking about the church. 
We are the, the ones who sets the pace. And I believe the church stands on the walls of the world and begins to, I believe we're going to see a whole new move of intercessors with the, the ability to see in the realm of the spirit like never before because God's wanting to move and he sends the intercessors before him. I need to keep still, I know. But it's hard. You see, when Jesus returns, what's he looking for? My opinion, I have them. Believe you me, I have many. But he's not interested in any of them. <laughs> Go figure says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? He's looking for a people that his hearts are loyal to him, that he can show off to and through. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be that person. I know we heard today the enemy comes in, but I also know that the Spirit of God will raise a standard like the church. The Spirit of God will raise up a standard. So darkness comes, but do you know what's going to cover the earth? Gross darkness comes, but there's an answer for that too. It's the glory of God going to cover the earth. And how is it going to cover the earth? Through you and through me being filled with His glory, roaming down our streets, going to our workplace. I fell over doing that once. <laughs> it really wasn't pretty at all. Because <laughs> I took the music team with me in the stands. That's right. I'm loud, I know. <laughs> a prophet pulled me out of a meeting once. And I said, oh, awesome. Because I never get picked out. Everybody else gets picked out and they get all these awesome words. They look at me like I'm not sitting in the seat and just... And this guy points to me and I'm like, yes! It's my day! He said, your mouth gets you into a lot of trouble, doesn't it? what I expected. He said, you're just like Peter. I said, I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take anything at this point. Peter's shadow healed the sick. He can run his mouth all he wants. But if my shadow heals the sick, I'm good with that. <laughs> You know how we protect God's vision? Not by trying to tell God how to do God. How to be God, when to be God, why he should be God. I mean, we, we have theology and doctrines on that, that if anyone's honest, they'll know it doesn't work and God just sits up there like when they're finished. Let 
when they're trying to tell me how to do, stop trying to tell me how to do my job and pay a bit more attention to their job, we'll all get along a whole lot better. <laughs> you know what our part is? It's in a psalm. And it's one of the most bandied about psalms and overused and abused words in Christian church. It's called unity. But I want to tell you, kingdom unity is not you and I sitting around singing kumbaya and then going home and talking bad about each other. God said here in Psalm 100, this is our part to play. Is that all right today? Here's our part to play. Psalm 133. Someone gave me these awesome bookmarks because they're afraid they're sick of all the bits of paper I use. But I lost the bookmarks. (laughs) It says, Psalm 133, Behold... How good it is, you guys could probably quote this, how good it is, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in unity. It's like a precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending from the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded a blessing. You see... When God's talking about commanded a blessing, this is not like Jesus walking up going, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. No, he commanded a blessing. It means when he saw, when unity, the promise of unity, means God will set in place a blessing that you cannot stop, that you cannot control. He will set in place everything that's needed for you for the vision. When there is unity, when there is a unified force, God said, I will set in place my blessing. That's what it means. It's not like a little like warm and fuzzy goosebump. It's, it's like God. It's like God said, When I see unity, see, Jesus set the bar high for it. Jesus said in verse, in chapter 17, 20, he said, I do not pray for these alone who believe, but those who believe in me through their word, which is us, and the glory which you have given me, I have given them that we may be, that they may be one as we are one. That's a big deal. (laughs) That's like really high bar. Really high. See, Jesus set the bar high. And we may not be there today, but we can climb to it. We may not be, it's the sort of unity that you will never find in the world. It's the sort of unity that only Jesus calls for, Jesus brings, Jesus enables. You can never find, this is the depth that we've got to have right through, which will protect the works that God starts out to do. 
I mean, we are called, I used to see the Beatitudes as like this warm and fuzzy picnic on the side of the hill. It sounds nice, Beatitudes, until you're challenged by it. Not you, of course, but me, I know. But the Beatitudes where Jesus is saying to his people, I want you to be like, the, like me in my kingdom. I want you to love like I do, forgive like I do, honor like I do, respect like I do. Don't be like the world and just forgive those who forgive you. And of all the moves of God that we could possibly want, have for, or ask for, for me, it's this one. It's where we live, second mile Christianity, I call it. We do the first because we should, but we do the second because we choose to. I don't forgive because I have to. I forgive because I want to, because the person that I'm having discussions with, Jesus died for, Jesus loved, Jesus forgave me, so I need to be at the very least forgiving. This is kingdom stuff, but he will help you. Some hurts run deep and long over periods of time. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm saying the bar is at some stage for us to forgive. We have to. We have to for our own benefit. You know, when I start praying for an enemy, which I really need God to really encourage me (laughs) a lot. All of a sudden, I don't feel so angry with them. All of a sudden, that resentment and that bitterness that laid in my heart starts to move. And all of a sudden, I see other things about that person that I didn't see before because I was full. My seeing them was defiled through experience. You know when they went into the lion's den, they recorded some last words from people in history. The martyrs were an amazing group of people that we could learn from. But you know, their last words were never about disagreements over social issues. You don't have time for that, do you? They're like, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Under persecution, we are all we have. It's the family of God. This is... This is what we have, who we are. I love reading, not because I'm like weird, but like they paid a price. And, And the most incredible thing is under all that, Suffering the church multiplied. Multiplied. See, when the, when the devil gets hotter, God gets hotter again. 
unity. You know, when we look in scriptures, when we look at some of the stories of the great visions of God, you know, they didn't not happen because God changed his mind. They happened because people fell apart. They didn't happen because people fell apart. When you look at when they went in to take the promised land, everybody knows that story, you know it. Moses sent 12 spies out. They left as a unified force to check out the land. They were excited. We, we're going to check out the land. When they come back, there was division, a break in the vision of going forward. You see, this, when they were going into this promised land, this wasn't just an everyday thing. This was something in God's heart decades before Moses was born, remember? He said to the patriarchs, he said, in the future your descendants are going to go into captivity and after 430 years I'm going to bring them out by my strong hand. And every day, every year while they are in captivity, they would pass on the fathers to the sons and that son to his sons. They would pass on one day, one day, one day God is going to take us out. One day, maybe it's going to be our day. Maybe it'll happen in our day. And here these people stand. And it fell on their watch. You know, I believe we have a responsibility to be on watch, on our watch. Is that all right? <laughs> and I know you do, so I'm just excited. That's why I'm loud. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> I believe God wants to encourage you in such a phenomenal way today that you ain't seen nothing yet about what he's going to do in and through you. But we protect it. Like these 10 came back. Do you know these 10 people came back and didn't go to a safe place or a safe person to say, I feel overwhelmed. They walked around the land. They saw, well, I thought it was going to be really good. I thought it was great. Now look at all these giants. I don't know what we were thinking in the first place. And they came back and they cost everyone else their future everyone else hundreds of thousands of people this this report spilled over and god said i heard them talking in their tents i heard them this spirit of division that came it's the biggest church split in the history of the church that's what I call it anyway. You know why? Because few people and it just spills over. And the dream that God had this day. Do you know God has raised up people in America and Australia over the decades and decades. But he's looking for somebody. Who's going to go the distance? He's looking for a group of people 
that he can show off through. And there he's looking for a group of people who won't be divided by opinions, won't be divided by social issues. He's looking for a group of people like that river are mandated by purpose, who move in purpose, who move according to the concepts of Jesus Christ. He's looking for a people to move and touch Australia. God has a dream. And you and I get to be part of it. I used to strive and fuss about going to Egypt. And one day I realized God said, I'm going to Egypt. Do you want to come along? It's so much easier like that. You see, when David slew Goliath, there should have been a battle that unified the nation. But remember what happened? I've got all these scriptures written down, but you can check them. They're in the Bible. <laughs> Is that all right, Pastor Tim? <laughs> I'll read this. <laughs> okay. But you see, when David slew Goliath, two outcomes happened in the same camp. First of all, Saul was deeply insecure. And when the handmaidens came in singing, Saul has slain his thousand, Saul's excited until the next line. <laughs> David has slain his ten thousands. Saul's like, what? Even the handmaidens attribute more to David than me. Look at me, pull me. And from that moment on, the Bible says that Saul eyed David. You know, can you imagine if when David came back, they would have had two strong leaders together, two putting 10,000 to flight saying, let's do this thing. You know, there's a saying I love. It said, imagine what could be done if nobody got the credit for it <laughs> or cared who got the credit for it. It's... But you know what happened then? The soldiers who were camped in the valley and for 40 days they saw this monster of Goliath come out saying, give me a man. I, I reckon they're like, you go, <laughs> you go. No, I'm not going. You're bigger than all of us. Maybe you should go, you know. I mean, they watched this. They were afraid. And when they saw David bring Goliath down, you know what they did? They didn't say, well, who do you think you are? David didn't say, you slackers, you could have been here. No, there was a unification of victory and the, the soldiers in the valley camp there got up and said, let's go after the rest of those. That's what it does. That's what unity does. That's what victory does. Doesn't matter who gets it. The matter is we all move forward. <laughs> See, I don't even know why I brought these notes up because I need just. Paul talks a lot about the body being one, doesn't he? 
As a matter of fact, Paul spends a lot of words in its 1 Corinthians. Wait on, I find it. I know you already know what it is already. 1 Corinthians 12. He talks about the body. The body is arms, legs. The body has so many moving parts. And when every moving part honours and respects and loves the part that they get to move and be in the body, then the body is going to rise up and be a force to be reckoned with. It's no more, I wish I could do that. No, do what you do and do it the best in God. Be who we are, not try to be someone else. Oh, my gosh. If you want to be joyful, if you want to live in your own skin, then be you. Much easier than trying to live in someone else's skin. (laughs) I tried. You know I did. Just a little side note. You you know it's coming. (laughs) When I first started... Preaching, I just wanted to preach. I'd preach to a rock. I'd preach. Any, I'd just preach, 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 preach. That's what we did in a move of God. Everybody's called to be a preacher. That's why they're all broke and back in business now. But anyway, that was the journey we are on. And I watched Jan Painter. If anyone knows Jan Painter, a prophet from uh, America. But she was like from the south. <laughs> and she was such a lady. I mean, she had these red fingernail... I never wore any fingernail polish then or makeup because I wanted people to tell me they could see the glory of God. They just didn't think I looked well, actually, so I went back. (laughs) So Jan Painter would walk out and she'd put this finger out. My, 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 my. I was like, oh. oh. I can do that. So next time I shared, I painted my fingernails red, like red is for fast and go. And I went out and I went, my, 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 my. And they're looking at me like, where's Adrian? (laughs) Where's Adrian gone? I found out that God will use me. In the spot that I feel. And he'll use Jan in the spot she feels. And he'll use you in the spot you feel. And God will take our own individual personality, makeup, gifting, strengths. And shine through everybody. You know, I'm glad my liver doesn't say, nobody can see me, I'm gone. Or my kidneys. Oh, what a mess. Nobody can see me. I think I'm out of here. I'm going for some eye makeup next time. (laughs) Do you know, God says, and more honour, doesn't he, to the unseen parts. Because when those unseen parts don't function, the rest of it falls to pieces. We are all seen by God. 
serving in the places where God has called us to serve. And there's no job more important than anyone else. There is no person more important than anyone else. There is only one superstar and his name is Jesus Christ. And the rest of us just have a different job to do. Amen. (laughs) I'm nearly finished. See, I thought I forgot how to dance in heels till I came today. That was awesome. I will pay for it later, but it was awesome in the moment. See, only a unified church can bring healing to a divided world. And we can protect what God is doing here simply by choosing to get along, love each other to the depth and the level that Jesus loves us and not let that voice of the enemy come in and say, do you know what they did to you? Do you know what they said about you? No, you've got to shut it down. Because he's not going to tell you anything that's going to do you good. It's going to do you a world of hurt. When we are unified, not in social issues, there's too many. There were four people on the earth and we had murder, division, envy and strife. (laughs) Seriously, what hope do we have? But, you know, we unify in purpose. We unify in a mandate from God to make room for the river and protect God's dream like others in the past never did. That's not a big price to pay although your flesh will not enjoy it at all. But that's where we get to choose life. I want God to move. There's a lot of talk about moves of God. But I want to see it walked out. I think the church worldwide, we need less talking and more walking. I could feel when I walked into here, there's something brewing that is bigger than you and I could ever imagine. It's bigger than us. And all God asks us to do is steward it with great relationships and unity. Because at the end of the day, the world will know the church by what? Yeah. Not all the acts and not all the warm and fuzzy experiences, they're all great, but the world will know the church by the love of God. Why is that? Because it's hard. (laughs) You know the person with a weird personality, you just go the other way when you see them coming? (laughs) I know that because I've been the person with the weird personality and I started to see the Red Sea part when I was walking certain ways and they're like, is she gone yet? But you've got to love me. 
That's right, yep. <laughs> Seriously, there's a, there's a unification that the Holy Spirit can bring. It can never be achieved outside the church of the living God because it's Holy Spirit enabled. It's Holy Spirit called for. And he said, will you die to flesh so I can live a dream? Amen. That's probably all I had to say. <laughs> but maybe, maybe the, uh, I didn't mean that to, I, I failed finishing school. <laughs> You ever heard people finish for an hour? <laughs> just finishing, just finishing now. I'm nearly finished. I'm just finished. The musicians are working up a sweat. They need to go and you're just still finishing. So I'm done. But you know what I hope with all my heart? I hope and believe for the greatest of God here, right here. And use are off to an incredible start. You can feel the purpose of God in this place. And God wants to dream a dream. And he says, will you come along with me? Will you come along with me? Amen. And maybe if God has touched you today or you want to respond somehow, they have wonderful prayer ministry in this church. You guys come up and pray. Get someone to believe with you. You know, get someone, uh, before when, before um, Pastor made that announcement about people, I was standing there thinking there are people on the edge that need to jump in. They're like, nah, nah. God said, you won't know till you get wet. You won't know till you get wet. You never learn to swim watching the water go past. You never learn... He said, I want you to jump in. And I believe there were several people like that here today. God said, I want you in the middle. I want you to jump in. Amen. You've been looking enough, sizing everything up, talking about it. God says, you know what? Let today be the day you take the plunge and in you go. Amen. So I just want to open this altar to the prayer ministry, the worship team. And if you want someone to believe it for you, with you, please come. Please come. And if you're one of those people that you'll say, today I'm going to jump in, you haven't got to yell it out. Just come up secretly and say, I'm going to jump in today. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor Tim. Thank you.